Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, June 10, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, when you look at the daily chart, not a lot changed. However, you have to drill down to see how you exactly catch the low of day. What do I mean by that? Well, inside the numbers members understand what I mean by that. We're going to get into inside the numbers later, but within pennies, for the most part, we caught the low of day. If a trader was to take the trade that was posted on the board, along with the schematic of how they would likely do what they were going to do in advance. Doesn't always work as clean as that. However, today it was Mr. Clean. We'll get back to inside the numbers later. The trend is your friend until she dumps you. They're pushing on the highs. They're making new highs day after day, a little bit higher, not a little bit higher, a little bit higher, not a little bit higher. There really hasn't been yet a breakout. They've attempted it, they tried it today, and all in all, another closing high. If we pan back and just take the market at face value, what's going on? They're eating time off the clock. They're grinding higher. The moving averages are grinding higher. Price is grinding higher above the moving averages. A few days ago, they came in to run a test of the 20 period moving average. Following that test, they gapped back up and they're grinding higher. Is that a market that's weak or is that a market that's simply grinding higher? Let's just take it at face value until the character underneath the market changes. But for now, we take it at face value and we call it the duck. The duck, when it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, the duck is grinding higher at new highs. That's the S&P. We take it at face value, period, full stop. What about the weekly chart? Well, there's two ways to look at the weekly chart. The bull case is the trend is your friend until she dumps you. Everything is grinding higher. There's no reason to think anything's wrong. The bear case, and we have to play umpire calling balls and strikes, would say this is a big breakdown candle. Regardless of where they closed it, it was a wide range and it was a breakdown candle before the close. So we could say that. Am I stretching things a little bit? Maybe, but we're still saying it. So the high of that same candle is a former high, 422.74. So here's what we'll say. This is a weekly chart. What are we watching for tomorrow, Friday's close? Do we close above or below? Do we close at a new weekly closing high? That takes that concept of the bear case, at least from that semi-breakdown candle perspective off the table, but if we close back below the high of that candle, we could come back over the top and say, hey, wait a minute, until and unless they close back above that high, we're going to look at this as a possible wedge pattern, and they could play out to the downside, giving a test to what? The 20-period moving average. There's a lot of what-ifs in there, but... The first what if is, what if they close back below that high, 422.74? Then some of the other what ifs all of a sudden are on the table. 
Now that was a weekly chart, so we come back to the daily chart and say, hey, if they close, and we'll just make up a number, 422 on Friday, does that mean the market's going to fall apart when we look at the daily chart? And the answer is no. It doesn't mean you're going to fall apart when you look at the weekly chart, the daily chart, or any other chart. It just means that one of the what-ifs from the weekly chart gets activated. There's a lot of other things that have to follow suit. I'm just giving you the ingredients to how we look at the market in steps along the way. Nothing happens all at one time, especially when you're looking at a longer-term chart like a weekly or a monthly chart. It takes a long time for these things to develop. A lot of things happen, for example, intra-week, and then all of a sudden the week closes somewhere and you say, oh, well look, all of a sudden this is activated. And at the end of the week, it made no difference what they did all week long. Same thing with the daily chart. What does it mean how they traded all day long if all of a sudden they hammer them into the close and all of a sudden you have a completely different look than you had for the prior seven hours? Well, guess what? It's how they close them that matters most in relation to or as compared to how they trade all day long. So it's the same thing. It's how they close them at the end of the day. It's how they close them at the end of the week, at the end of the month, at the end of the hour, and so on. Just taking a look at one of the charts that we've looked at a lot recently, the 240 chart. So we have a breakdown candle. And the high is 422.72. So we just talked about the same number. So check this out. Or it was within two cents, but check this out. They eat time off the clock underneath that number. Uncapable or unable to close above it. Today, they closed above it. Now, we'll see what happens. We can use that as the same guideline, but from a shorter time frame. We can use this 240 chart and shorter time frames as a gauge. Are they going to get back inside of that number that they just closed above? Or was that the tip-off? Now they're ready to move higher. Some traders will now have an aha moment. And while you're having that moment, we're going to take a look inside the numbers. And I really, really want you to pay attention. I would get the notepad ready. There's stuff in here that A, is learnable stuff. It's teachable stuff. It's stuff you can learn and take into the future. Also, I want you to understand A, how we laid out the day. The stuff that was discussed. What we were looking for. What subsequently happened what we did about it, and then what happened later. I think most of you are getting the point. Happy Thursday. And by the way, we'll circle back to Stocks on the Move after we go through the commentary. Happy Thursday, same story, different day, eating time off the clock around the highs. Okay, we take the market, whatever she's giving in the morning, that's what she's giving. We take it at face value. So the early thoughts. Today is the futures contract role thing discussed the other day. Any reference to the ES on this page, and that would be on the number section down below, would be the June basis contract, at least for today. I'll roll the numbers later. They both trade for a while. It doesn't make a difference. The next contract is the U contract, which is September. As for the numbers, they're selling a little during the pre-market session. The most important spot on the board for now will be 420 85, give or take. Now keep in mind, this is at zero dark 30, so this is long before the opening bell, 
That's a number that I know to be somewhat of a line in the sand. Below that opens the door for lower stuff. We don't have to talk about that. They didn't do that. But you need to know about that first thing in the morning because we don't know which way they're going to go. You have to be prepared. You show up in uniform ready to go. The other side up north looks like this. 42190 is a key spot. Now, I want to focus on that for a moment. 42190 is a key spot. Write that down. They need to get to and above for the Bulls to re-engage with a northern route. Now, think about this for a moment. We know about support and resistance, and we know about important numbers. Okay, fair enough. Now, what else we know is, once above an important number, that same number becomes support. Until they get above it, it is resistance. How do they get above it? They have to beat their way through or they gap above it, for example. Once they beat their way through, they have to stay above. Just peeking their head above is still running the test. Once they begin closing candles above, then they're giving you confirmation that that number, that important number, is now support. Five-minute candle, then a 10-minute candle, then a 15-minute candle. That's the way it works. Time is more important than price. 422.88 would be the on-ramp to the express lane to new highs. Testing is one thing, closing candles, especially hourly above, is another, in the spirit of being prepared. Now, again, get out the sticky note and the pencil. 421.90 is a key spot. 422.88 is an on-ramp to the express lane to new highs. What are we looking at? We got different colors. It's a 15-minute chart. The vertical represents the break between yesterday to today. The reason for the different colors is the funky colors, the bright green and the funky red, they represent the pre-market activity. So as an example, this is 4.15 a.m. this morning on Thursday. The 4.2190 lower horizontal line was the first number we discussed. That's an important spot. They have to get above it once they do, it's going to be support. The bulls need to get above it to re-engage the northern route. So what happened all morning long? They're beating on it. They're beating on it. And here we come. This is 8.15 in the morning, 8.30 in the morning, 8.45 in the morning. And guess what? They got through it. Where did they go? What was the next number? 422.88. They went right up to the next number, 9 o'clock. They hung out there, 9.15, 9.30. What happened at the open? They took off because they were up above that number. 4.22.88 would be the on-ramp to the express lane to new highs. 4.22.88 up to a high of 4.24.63 by 10.15 in the morning. I would call that an express lane, all things considered. Now... 421.90 is a key spot. Again, underline where you wrote that down. They need to get above for the bulls to re-engage with the northern route. What is that French for? A breakout area. It's not really French. I could barely speak English. All right, let's move along a little bit and see what happened as the morning got underway. About the 845 update. I think this is important for the big scheme of things today. We should all be aware they ran a test of the same important number from earlier this week 
SPY 42068. Remember, that was the gateway to lower stuff. Post 8.30 a.m. economic number release. I don't even remember what it was. CPI, beige book, it doesn't even matter. What does matter is they made a low of 420.50 and they got the heck out of there. That, by definition, is running a test. So here's the deal. It's either another test of an important spot, confirmation of a successful test, and we finally go off to new highs, or they're going to eventually run a test of the same spot and it's going to fail miserably. That didn't happen, but that can happen in the future. At present this morning, the trend is your friend, and new highs are still squarely on the table until they're not. So, long before the opening bell, you've already got a picture-perfect understanding of what just happened that nobody else under the sun, and I shouldn't say nobody, most people, most traders that are participating in the morning have no idea what just happened. And for me, that was information that I think I can use for the benefit of everybody else, including my own trade. We're moving right along. Let's see what else we have. We'll let them go at the open, same routine as all week. 421.85, give or take, if visited in the early going. We cite the former high, 423 and change, 423.26. The main question at present is today the day. The first hint will be staying above 422.88. So we already saw what happened on the charts. They did break out right out of the chute. Now, some traders choose to buy that. Other traders choose not to buy that. That, in and of itself, is trader's choice. But the writing was on the wall for the breakout, at least an attempt, certainly with that shimmy down early in the morning on the economic data. And who even believes any of that stuff anyway? But at 9.37 was the pre-market test and rescue operation that told the tale. And they're off. Okay, so what do we have? Now here's where you think it gets boring, but you have to pay attention because you never know what comes next. There's always something to learn with the market open. This is the push into no man's land we've been discussing. Some traders are long by virtue of just buying the breakout. Some won't do that. There's no right or wrong answer. It's trader's choice. My opinion is they didn't spend all that time at the previous highs for a point or two fake out breakout. We don't know until we know, but for what it's worth, that's my stance. How high? We really can't know, 425 and higher should be a lay down at some point, and more. Now, they didn't get there today, they had some other activity going on. And here it is, 945, think about it. Trick and company will make an appearance to make it look like they're done and failing at some point. These are awareness things. The reason why we have to have the awareness of this stuff is because that's actually the norm in terms of the 80-20 rule. The majority of the time, that's exactly and precisely what's going to happen. All right, let's move it along. 9.56, here's the way this works. And this is a business of patience. So you have to sit there, you have to read this stuff, you have to think about it, you have to wait for an opportunity to appear. So here's the way this works. They'll keep going during the morning session until such time as they find the morning high and call it a pivot. And again, they do that all the time. When they're trending in one direction all morning, whether it's up or down, they're going to find a morning pivot. They'll then pull back, eat some time off the clock, and at times make it look like the rally is over. Then, 
if going to according to the bull plan, they'll go back up later in the day and likely into the weekend at Al back as needed. Now think about that for a minute. That's precisely what happened. We'll get back to the chart in a moment. Again, umpire calling balls and strikes, 10-18. We have to look around the horn. While the S&P and others are going higher, let's discuss the other side. The IWM is weak. We'll get to that chart later. Transports are basically flat, and then they got weaker. Again, we'll get to those later too. And we'll remember what that chart did yesterday in terms of the daily chart. That's the transports. Financials were flat at the time. They got weaker. It's not a broad-based rally with institutional participation. It's a rally that will conclude shortly unless the other markets follow suit. So again, these are awareness things. We're not going to go straight up in the S&P and have the other markets diverging in the other direction. Could happen for a day, could happen for a couple of days, could happen for a little bit longer, but not a whole lot longer. One of the two things will turn around and chase the other one. Let's move it along. A little comment on one of the stocks on the move. We'll get back to those later. Now, let's pay attention. 422.94 is the day's low. Below that on candle closes is a fumble for the bulls and opens the door for 421.85 again. Five-minute chart, right of the vertical is today's activity. 422.94 is the number you saw that said giving that up is a fumble, and if they do, where are they going? 421.85. Could you short for that? You could. You're not 100% sure they're going to get there, but that was the look. And then could you buy 421.85? And the answer is yes, and you'll see that on the board later. So it pays to have your numbers. This is tour guide information. This is valuable information. This is information that you can use, that traders are using day in and day out for profit, period, full stop. How do you like them apples? Let's see what else we have. Now they're in a process of running a test of the low of day. They do this all the time. Giving it up is the fumble on candle closes. 1046, 421.85, give or take, should produce a bounce for a scalp trade on the long side. In case you were snoozing for a second, 421.85, give or take, should produce a bounce for a scalp trade on the long side. They need to do it quickly or it's off the table. No eating time off the clock above it. Candle closes below 421.60, and it's wrong. If we have to lose, we're going to lose small and fast. This is the risk business. Not every trade is going to work. You have to know where the trade is wrong before you enter the trade to begin with. They got there in a hurry. That tells us that was the destination. They did the thing. They flipped around in the other direction and had a rocket ride. Once they got above 422.94 again, how about a little back test? And that was it. Pretty slick how this works, isn't it? When you know your numbers and you put your lines on the chart, you can see the thing unfolding before your eyes. A little comment on some of the, we'll call them external stuff. I'm not sure it's that outlandish, but remember, weird stuff happens around the futures contract role. We also have the tinfoil hat stuff on the table. You know, on one hand, is this weird? Not really. They kind of do this stuff all the time. They make it look like they're falling apart, only to go and run a test of an important number. They turn around, and they go back in the other direction. It's the same exact concept that applies to stocks on the move every single day. Let's move along, see what else we've got. 
By 10.54, showtime for the Bulls to play defense and bounce the market. By 10.56, so far they're doing everything that was outlined all day. Morning pivot, make it look like the rally is over. This is the way the market works. Traders long from 421.85 need to book profit along the way. Protect the rest. Nice trade. 423 or thereabouts will be resistance on the way back up. Running a test is one thing. Getting back above is bullish. Remember 422.94. Now I've got it at 423. And that was it. They got above. They ran a test. It was bullish. And that was it. I'm not sure if you can ask for any more out of this commentary. 11 o'clock. At this point, here's the deal. They should bounce for a while, if not longer. Trick and company completed the morning shakeout operation, and they should rally for a while. Traders need to book profit along the way to protect. They can and should get back to or close to 423. They obviously did that. They can't get above. That's weak, and they'll come back down. They did get above, so getting above activates the floater. What happened when they got above? The floater. Again, what more could you be looking for? And the rest of it, you can read on your own. Pause the video. Go back to the chart to double-check the work. We think in pictures. Sometimes I put pictures up on the board. Again, pause the video, read the stuff, learn something, go back to the charts to double-check that I'm not bonkers. Well, I am bonkers. You know what I mean. About stocks on the move. Remember, we always look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's why I like this as an open book. I show you what's inside the numbers every single day. There's no secrets. We don't hide anything. I'm not sending out examples in email of a good trade, not telling you there was 10 bad ones before that. We're not doing that stuff here. We look at everything and you decide if it's something you want to take advantage of. We had four on the board this morning, FSR, Cake, L-O-G-I, and Playboy. FSR, Fisker, 1769 was the number. Now, they didn't do it in the manner in which we like, but they did it anyway. They came too close, bounced away. I wasn't interested in the trade after that, but you can see what happened. The number worked anyway. About Cheesecake Factory getting a haircut or buzz cut at the open, 56.48 was the number. Never got to or came up short of the second number, but it did turn around. It did do the deal. I did sit in this a long time. I was willing to buy the second number, and I had patience. You know what? I know the numbers. The majority of the trades work out. And I said this the other day, and I want to re-emphasize this point. I think it's extremely important, even uber important. Depending on where the numbers come from, what time frame chart, they take a long time sometimes to materialize. It takes a long time to turn, it takes a long time and effort to turn an aircraft carrier 180 degrees in the other direction. Sometimes it just takes a couple of hours to make the turn. That's it. I could list 17 reasons till Sunday, and you know what? None of them matter. What matters is the numbers work. Playboy. All right, here's the situation. 46.05 after its buzz cut, what's the low in the first really minute of the day or so? The low is 46.05. What do they do following that? They rip immediately back up to make a high of 47.97. 47.97. That's almost a $2 rip. In minutes, right off the number, spot on, was I filled? No. Did some traders participate? Yes. Now, when they come back down, 
You don't want it the second time, obviously. And by the way, you don't want the second number. Why? Because of this little shimmy down. Came too close, bounced away, did more than the deal again. And so that's it. For me, I wasn't even watching it the rest of the day. What about Camp IWM? We got an interesting scenario going on. So we had the important 230.95 that they got above. Now they're back inside of. We don't have any longer that lower high scenario. That's off the table. But what we do have is something else. And we bring back the trend line because we're going to utilize the same trend line that, by the way, I didn't draw it. The market draws the trend line. We're going to utilize it for a different reason. So price got above the trend line. Therefore, what do we know from before, just a few minutes ago? What was resistance becomes support. The trend line is considered an important number. What number is it? It depends on when price meets the trend line. A la, time is more important than price. How you doing? Now, we're using the trend line to say, hey, are they going to come back in for a retest on the top of the trend line and bounce off of it and go back up again? Or are they going to get back inside the trend line and maybe go even to the moving averages or below? Those are the two options right now. The first option, option number A, is the bull case. They run a test from on top of it. They bounce off. That's the bull case. The bear case is they close the day below it and stay below it. First, hourly below it. You know, everything morphs from a shorter time frame on from there. So that's what we're watching right now in the IWM. We don't really even care about the 230.95 number anymore. This is way more exciting. By the way, have to bring back a blast from the past real quick. We need to talk about real briefly the volume and whether or not we had institutional participation by the end of the day. And the answer is we did not. How do I know that? Because we're below the average 90-day rolling volume. That's it. That's the way I gauge it. Average 90-day volume on a rolling basis, 70 million shares. It changes all the time because every day is different and therefore that's what an average is. But we're below the average by enough to where we say there was no institutional participation, period, full stop. So the move up, the move down, it was just nonsense. Convictionless. Method to the madness. The IWM, while the SPY was actually up today, about what, half a percent? The IWM, which is incidentally my favorite market-leading indicator, was down almost 1%. So that's interesting in and of itself. If everything is so bullish, why isn't the IWM leading to the upside? If everything is so bullish, why don't we have institutional participation? Volume today in the IWM was pretty decent, but that was on a down day. All these things are of note, and they're puzzle pieces. They're going on the table. What about the folks down at the transportation department? We got some stuff going on here. Second day in a row, they're below the 50-period moving average. They've given up. They've long given up that breakup candle low. It's my second favorite market-leading indicator. Both my favorite indicators, if you will, and they're not really indicators. I use them as indicators. I don't want to get these mixed up with the stuff that Joe sells over at the indicator shop. We're using the term indicator on an interchangeable basis. We're going to be interested to see how the week closes by Friday's close. The transports are weak. It is my number one favorite canary in the coal mine. Are they trying to tell us something over at the transportation department? This is what we talked about before. We've got the IWM and the transports diverging 
from the Qs, from Smash Mouth, which we'll look at in a moment, from the Dow to an extent, although the Dow was kind of weaker today than the other markets, but there were a couple of bigger Dow components that really dragged it down. That's why we don't look at the Dow, because it's 30 stocks, and it's price-weighted, so it's really a bunch of nonsense. I also think the transports are worth digging into a little deeper tonight. Let's look at some other charts. The daily chart was below the 50-period moving average. The 240 chart has given up the 100, the 20, and the 50-period moving average. The trend has changed. Here's the 120 chart, and you can see below all the moving averages. And remember what we discuss all the time. Everything starts from a shorter time frame, and it morphs from there. A lot of times, traders, investors, people, pundits, media, whatever, they don't realize something until way after it actually already happened. When did the 120 chart change direction? When did the 60-minute chart change direction? Not today. We've been discussing the transports, and we really focused on it the day it got below, closed below that breakup candle low. That's when your antennas go up. Until then, it's just running a test. You see how this works? How about the cues? Here we go again with the umpire stuff. Is this bearish or bullish? They're breaking out. It's the opposite of what we just saw from the transportation department. Divergences. 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 XLF gave up the 20-period moving average today. That's not a federal case, but again, just like the transports, why don't we look a little deeper? Gave up the 50 and the 20 period moving average on the 240 chart. How you doing? How does the 120 chart look on the financials? And let's not forget the hourly chart as well. Has the shorter term trend begun to change in the financials or the XLF? And the answer is yes on its face. Divergences, the SMH, smash mouth. Eating time off the clock above all the moving averages had a good day beginning to break upward. 240 chart, above or below all the moving averages? Above, the trend is your friend. You see all these divergences? What do you think we're going to find on the other charts? We're going to find the trend is up. Just so you know, I'm not telling tall tales. Here's the 120 chart, above all the moving averages. If they get above this breakdown candle high, 251.93, let's say they gap above it on Friday or get above it and close hourly and then two hours above it on a Friday, then guess what? Then they're going to release this energy further to the upside. That's the way this is going to work. If they can't, then they're just running a test. Divergences. We don't know yet which markets are going to catch up with which. You can guess, but that's all it is until we know. It's just a guess. That's why we don't guess. That's why we look at as many charts as we look at to get the clearest picture that we can find. That's what we use puzzle pieces for. The more puzzle pieces we get, the more chance we have to assemble the picture. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense market analysis.